Hey guys. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome. So um, on today's show, we have a guest from Upspoken with us, Latia. Thank you for being here. Do you want your last name on this? Hey. Sure. Okay. Okay. Latia Curry. (laughs) (laughs) Representing Upspoken. Yes, yes, yes. So we were able to attend your guys' event this summer, and we loved it. It It was was very fun. You guys remember. Yes. Really good. Yes, for all the listeners. Hopefully you guys remember that this summer. So, thank you so much for of being course, here. Of course, of course. <sighs> so. <laughs> it's been a long time. Sorry, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. So long ago. Excited. I know. Yeah. It was a while ago, but if you guys remember, um, Upsoken is, they're basically, we have the same message where we're trying to encourage women of color and black women specifically mm-hmm. to just be in charge of the sexual health and their sex lives. Yes. Um, we're also trying to relax the conversation um, around sex. And yeah, Latia has some specific things that she would like to talk about. So we just wanted to get into like the history and the background of Upspoken. Sure. Um, so two and a half years ago, um, I work at a communications firm that does a lot of social justice and issue advocacy work. And um, we came into contact with the California Wellness Foundation, mm-hmm. who was specifically looking to create a public awareness campaign targeting black women mm-hmm. around the disproportionately rising rates of HIV, AIDS, and STIs. Mm. And it was interesting because um, our process is always to do a bit of research first, right. both desk research, but also um, we did some focus groups with black women. And it was really fascinating to learn that while there was a lot of information out there, and I'm sure you know, like, you can go down a rabbit hole on yes. Google, <laughs> um, none of it was landing with black women. And right. when we asked them about that, um, it became pretty clear that the PSAs that were being created didn't connect on a cultural level, and that was part of the reason why it was very difficult to receive the messaging. Mm. So it wasn't so much a lack of messaging as it was a lack of relatable messaging around the issues. The other thing that we realized was that... um, Because from the foundation's, typical foundation's point of view is to skip to the behavioral result. So Mm -hmm. we want people to protect themselves against HIV, AIDS, and STIs. The messaging for our campaign is use condoms. (laughs) And it's totally skipping a lot of steps. And when you meet with black women, you realize there's so many things that need to happen and to be true before you could even take that step. So if mm-hmm. you're giving somebody a message that they're not ready for, what happens? They don't right. receive mm-hmm. it. Exactly. So a big part of why um, we created Upstoken as a sort of cultural connected home for black women to talk about relationships, love, and sex is because we thought... Well, if we're not even really talking about it, how can we get to the protection part? Like, how about we start to challenge some of the taboos that we heard about in the focus Mm -hmm. groups and dispel myths and really um, make this okay, make this positive for everyone so that 
um, when it comes time to make decisions for yourself, you're doing so with confidence right. and out of self-love, not because someone mm. is dangling a statistic in front of right. you saying, if you don't do this, then right. dot, dot, dot. Right. So the event that you guys attended, and we had another one in Oakland, was really meant to not, I mean, I don't even know that the words HIV, AIDS, or STIs were not spoken words. throughout yeah. the whole no. thing. Yeah. It was all about, as we thought about it, like this engagement ladder with black women. First, let's just talk. Let's just get everyone to relax, open up, and be willing to go into this conversation. Then you can worry about seeding messaging later that's helpful when everyone's kind of warmed up and in the mood. And Mm -hmm. those events were the warm-up. Those events were saying hey, there's lots of women out here of the similar experiences as you, but we don't hear them. So here's our chance to kind of lift our voices, um, share different kinds of experiences so that it was really inclusive, um, and make women feel good. Why does all the messaging have to be negative? How about feeling good about being a sexual being and all that that means? Yeah, that's great. I feel like the event definitely did that. Yeah. Um, like you said, there were different voices that were shared, and I loved that. Like yeah. I think at one point there's like an older woman who shared, right. and we don't think about you know our sexual health when as we get older. So it was really mm-hmm. nice that it was inclusive, and I yeah. also think that it was a great idea. I don't want to say the word disarming, but it kind of does disarm you in a sense where. You know, it's like a magic trick. Like, yeah, you put your mind to talk about this, right. but eventually down the line, we're going to start talking about some serious stuff. Yeah, and you won't feel as violated with mm-hmm. sharing that information mm-hmm. if you know we've kind of already gotten to like the love and relationship aspect of it. Yes. So I think that was very good on your guys' part to think outside the box in that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, in the times that we live in, there's a lot of negative information mm-hmm. and news um, and we all know that being black in America and being black, a black woman in America comes with its fair share of challenges mm-hmm. and um, we just felt it was really important to um, if we're going to help women be healthy talk about it from a positive point right. of view and that means all of the things that go with it. So not just the condom use, but how about the romance? How right. about the situations that happen when you're dating or when you're in love or when you're older or when you're younger? So that there's a sense that um, this is a place I can trust. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we heard in the focus groups was if information comes from like an official source an institution of some sort we don't trust it yeah Mm -hmm. so that's a big problem because the institutions are the ones that are communicating all the information (laughs) so here we go lots of information lots of heads turning and covering ears no we're not listening to that we don't trust you so the other thing that we thought about with this campaign is like how do we build trust with black women in this community and so as you know, it's not just events. It's a website that's really a community and a home. Yeah. So there's content on the website um, regularly, as well as social media, as well as a monthly newsletter, all meant to engage women 
where they are. You don't have to be anything other than what you are. Mm -hmm. And the contributors and sort of the people behind all of that are women just like the women reading it, mm -hmm. black women um, with a varied range of experiences. Yeah. That's what I like about your guys' website too. Anybody can submit a story and yes. it could be featured on there. Yeah. So important for everyone that's listening, if you are a writer or if you're not a writer but you have a story to tell, um, it really is a platform for that. Mm -hmm. And we've really sought out black women writers out of the conventional sense that right. just people have stories to tell to be able to do that on our site. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And that's that's a lot of where I feel like you guys connect with us as far as it's all about sharing the stories. Like that's mm -hmm. really what we want to make sure we do is give voices to everyone. You never know who you're going to who's going to relate to you, right. right? So my experience is different than Brittany's experience mm -hmm. and different from your experience and just sharing that a woman, especially a black woman, feels heard and seen and feels like she can go into a space and share her experience without having stigma and judgment. And so. there's usually a common thread, too, that, like, makes me feel less lonely. Mm -hmm. Like, when you have other people, like, it, our experiences are probably a little bit different, but yeah. there's one thing in common that's going to make us feel connected. And yes. that's what we try to do yeah. <laughs> on our show. And, I mean, I think that was a big part of the feedback that we heard with the events that we did, which you don't think about it every day. You're going through life, going to work or going to school, um, hanging out with your friends. But how often are you in a room with 200 other black women, um, with black women on the stage, like literally just telling their stories um, in a very frank and open, non-judgmental space. Like so many people after the events when we heard their testimonials, they were all saying, like, we never experienced this. This mm -hmm. is so valuable for right. us to have that experience. And, I mean, it shouldn't be as rare as it is, yeah. unfortunately. But mm -hmm. um, that was one of the most gratifying aspects of doing that work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you get that space, it's mm -hmm. great. Like you said, people feel... Tr like they trust you so then you can start to peel back the layers mm -hmm. and start to foster that conversation so what are some steps after so now that the events have passed sure what are next steps what yeah. are follow-ups yeah steps? so right now we're in the process of developing for lack of a better word this isn't a marketing word just for lack <laughs> of a better way to describe it um a black women's toolkit mm -hmm. around sexual health and it's going to be along the same thinking as the event so okay. um, it's meant to be educational uh, it's meant to uh, start conversation um, but it's also meant to dispel some myths and mm -hmm. you know we've been doing a lot of research um, like I said not just sex research but talking to you know licensed sexual health therapists um, black women sexual health therapists mm -hmm. who've been working in this field for decades mm -hmm. and what we learned from them was pretty tremendous and kind of served as the kickoff point okay. for how we're developing this toolkit which is that so much of the information that you get is centered in whiteness mm -hmm. even down to when we talk about anatomy 
and every picture is a light pink vulva. It's right. like you thought about that. <laughs> like you don't see brown bodies right. in that way and it seems minor, but it's a major part of like sort of peeling back and then building back up how we think about ourselves, our bodies, our sexual health. And so this toolkit, we hope, will not only give information about how to protect yourself um, when it comes to HIV, AIDS, and STIs, but also the other elements of sexual health, especially like when you think about older women, Mm -hmm. why is masturbation important to your sexual health? Um, Why is orgasm important to your sexual health? What are the benefits of that? This is stuff like people do not talk about and especially culturally we definitely don't hear people talking about it like this is not something my mom discusses with me so um for all those reasons it's like really important for us to just create this thing that's for us by us Mm -hmm. and it's not to say like you can't find an anatomy chart somewhere else or you can't find information about those things but we're hoping that because of the way it's presented in an engaging way that's relatable for black women that they will be more receptive to it. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's it great. reminds me of that conversation we were having about like having the importance of having a black doctor or having yes. a black OBGYN, yes. especially if you're trying to give, like when you're going into labor and giving birth and all that, yep. because there's yes. so many black women who are dying or who are having health oh problems God, because people terrible. aren't listening to them. Yes. So it's just, to me, it makes sense what you're saying, like, to have us represented in anatomy books. Like, you don't think about, like, I literally never thought about that until you said it right now. Yeah. And you don't think about how it affects you and how it makes you feel less important because you're not represented in yeah, those exactly. materials. Yeah. So it's just that much more important for us yeah. to make sure we are represented yeah. in one way or another, even if we have to do it ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> it. It really, like what you said, really hit home because I want to be a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in mental health now. Mm-hmm. And um, the one reason why I want to be a sex therapist is because we usually only see in sex ed, it's white centered. And it's like black bodies don't get a chance to be scientific right. in that aspect, or we don't get a chance to. Um, to just even own our own sexuality, yeah. you know, there's when so you much. See a black woman, she's like overly sexualized. There's so much stigma there's some, like, and anger or yes, there's over sexualization. So we don't ever get to be, just be basically in that aspect. And so it was something I really wanted to do, like I've wanted to do for a while, just to bring us into the conversation. Because yeah. like you said, our parents don't talk about it. You yeah. know, this is, yeah. don't be fast. That's right. Like, that's it. That's all like, yeah. Sit down, don't be fast. Right. That's yeah. it. And so, um, it's so important. It's so important for yeah. our kids to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the other thing is like, um, really knowing yourself yeah. and um, understanding your experiences. And because you're studying what you're studying, you know, I mean, the sex health uh, therapist that we work with, she said this the other day, and our team was, like, blown away. She said, everything that's ever happened to you in your life, you carry forward into yes. your mm-hmm. your sex life. Mm, absolutely. What? So people are <laughs> thinking, like, oh, let me just close my eyes and do the act. But there's mm-hmm. so much more there. And so when you get to this point of, like, protecting yourself, it's like, 
who are you protecting? Right. What what value does the self have right. that would call on you to say, uh-uh, bro, like, you need to put a condom on. Exactly. We're not doing this. Like, that requires knowing yourself, really valuing does. yourself, and mm-hmm. loving yourself. And I think, um, so the mental health piece of what we're talking about is so critical. It can't actually work without yeah, that. that. It's, it's an important cog. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about how, what are some ways that black women could protect themselves? Sure. So, I mean, I think the obvious way, there are many ways to approach this. And I think one of the things we try to do at Upspoken is not assume everyone is sexually active. Right. Right. So (laughs) there's that. So for everyone that's not sexually active, when we talk about protecting ourselves, um, in terms of HIV, STIs, um, there's no judgment on your sex life and how you get down. Mm-hmm. The only thing we can say is are the facts. So mm-hmm. we know that one of the tools in your toolkit is condom usage. And so there are a lot of things that people make up about what can protect them and what can't. But at the end of the day, that's a primary thing that mm-hmm. um, whether you're in love or not, whether the person <laughs> promises, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. oh no, I can tell you guys. Some Girl, stories. I'm fine. It doesn't need <laughs> doctor. Pain, right, right. Or you know things like men say, like, mm-hmm. oh no, you know, I, I'm I'm sterile, so it's right. like whatever. At yes. the end of the day, um, from what we know. That's the most important thing right. you can do to protect yourself. I think also going to the doctor mm-hmm. is kind of a big thing. And we talked a little about having a black female doctor is so important so. in terms of that relatability, that comfortability yes. to mm-hmm. be able to have frank conversations about what's working, what's nice, what's not, um, what your lifestyle is like. Right. So that they can help you where you are. Right. Um, and that you can get tested and know and take care of yourself. There's so much out there. Um, what used to be a death sentence isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, when you look at things like PEP and PrEP, for example, those are things that in the black community you don't hear a lot of conversation right. about. At least I don't. You said PEP and PrEP? PEP and PrEP. I only know about, yeah, I know about PrEP. Okay. Do you want to explain those for our listeners? Yeah. yeah. Um, PEP is post-exposure prophylaxis. And PEP involves taking a short course of anti- antiretroviral drugs, okay. usually for a month, after a high-risk exposure. Oh, okay. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. PrEP is an HIV prevention tool in which an HIV-negative person takes antiretroviral medication to reduce the risk of contracting HIV going forward. So it's preventive. One is preventive and one is post. Perfect. That actually answered one of my questions. (laughs) I was saying, um, you know, there's different emergency contraceptions, but is there an emergency protection from exposure to HIV? So that would be PEP. Okay, good. That's great. That's actually, like you said, what 
used to be a death sentence isn't now. There's yeah. ways to mm-hmm. to prevent to prevent and to stop just in case anything. Yeah, did ha- that's good. No, it's really good. And yeah. a big part of this, because like everyone's health situation is different, right. is how again can we value ourselves enough to ask the question? That and, really like. Can we just even ask, like, here's what happened, no judgment, like, what do I do? Or here's what's happening. Right. Um, And having a reliable healthcare provider is a Mm. big part of that. And if you don't have that, um, pursuing other resources, um, whether it be local clinics, um, whether it be Planned Parenthood, who does a lot more than just dealing with pregnancies yes Mm -hmm. so um which a lot of people don't always know so i think those are all important tools to have in your toolbox that's great i'm sorry go ahead it's super important (laughs) for me it's so important to have a healthcare professional that you know you you trust Mm -hmm. um even outside of especially for just like you said black women like even outside of being able to bring those hard conversations or not so hard conversations, you know, just those truthful conversations, Mm -hmm. but just monitoring your health and wellness in general, especially, especially, I I actually shared it on um, one of the Instagram posts that was posted by Outspoken. I think it was, it was just talking about advocating for your body Mm -hmm. and, you know, black women and fibroids. And I, Mm -hmm. I shared Having how I didn't have a healthcare professional that I can trust, and she actually gave me completely wrong information, and so I was able to find one and quickly rectify the situation. But like even for that, something small, you know, it's so important. And it's I mean, it's not small. One, I I think when you have those kinds of experiences. It does the opposite. It ruins the trust that you have in doing yeah. that. So then you ask less, you reach out less right. because you think, what's it going to do? How's right. it going to help? I mean, I had a very similar situation with fibroids. And, you know, if I hadn't actually found um, a black woman doctor when I first moved to L.A. who was able to tell me that the other doctor I'd seen was completely wrong about yeah. how he was approaching it. I wouldn't have the one and a half year old daughter I have upstairs now, you know, so. Same. I was, how old was I? 25 and my doctor, she told me, she was like, you're going to have to have your uterus removed. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, there's no, there's no other option. She's very cold. And I was just, I was hurt. That's hard for a 25 year old to hear. And so I sought out, at the time I wasn't able to find a black woman gynecologist, but I sought out someone else who was super, he was amazing and super trustworthy. And he was able, he was like, no, that's ridiculous for her to tell a young woman that. And I was, I always tell my friends, make sure you have a very, like, you need to build that bond with your gynecologist, with your healthcare professional, whoever, because it's that. I, if I wouldn't have waited, I would have had my uterus removed. Had I, I just waited a few more months and I didn't find this other one, I would have had my totally uterus removed. And so I'm happy that something just didn't seem right. And I was like, no, it's my duty to find a healthcare professional that I trust. And this doesn't seem right. And so, <laughs> knock on wood, 
I got someone I trust, so I always reiterate that. To well, everybody. kudos to you for persevering, because I mean that's that's what we go through yeah. to find mm-hmm. that person, so, and it's you know we we spend a lot of time finding the right person to do our hair and our nails. And it's the same thing. Yeah, it's more we go important. From shop to shop to shop. Literally. Girl, <laughs> where'd you get nails. that? Da, 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 da. Yep. And it's so like, we'll do recommendations. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That's all we have to see. Second opinion. Yep. Whenever someone tells you to get surgery ever, you should always get a second opinion. Always. Yeah. Always. always. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this, like, uncomfortability around sex and, like, all, not all, but a lot of the miscommunication and a lot of the, the myths around sex come from just improper sex education mm-hmm. like not being equipped not even just in high school but just like in our own homes so i feel like our generation is going to like raise the generation of children who are more comfortable with their bodies and more comfortable talking about sex hopefully i can't speak for everybody obviously mm-hmm. but i feel like we're getting more and more progressive mm-hmm. so do you have any tips like for us now like for some of our listeners who may not have had the proper, like, sex ed, just how to become more comfortable in talking about sex and, you know, seeking out help if they're having a sexual problem. Yeah, um, download our toolkit. It's available. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, for sure. That's exactly what we're creating. Okay. Um, and maybe if it's appropriate, I can also share with you some books that we've found to be really helpful, yeah, just on basic sex education but also with a bend in a context towards mm-hmm. black women um, that might yeah. be nice to link to the yeah, interview as well yeah absolutely good. we'll go ahead and get those from you and then we'll yeah. drop links sure we're trying to keep it very pg um, <laughs> we're trying to reach like a whole audience so I get it. well i think you know that's one thing that is has been a delicate balance with mm-hmm. upstoken mm-hmm. is like going there but not leaving anybody behind right right Right. so i think as you mentioned um this generation is a lot more progressive about talking about these Mm -hmm. issues and um body positivity even just the images that you see and how women are beginning to come into themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we found a lot of um, correlation between what's happening politically. So, okay. like, as, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, came to the forefront and mm-hmm. Black women are feeling more empowered oh, in yeah. one area, it's really hard to compartmentalize that and yeah. not feel that in other areas right. of oh, your absolutely. life. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to think about that and we've been thinking a lot about it Mm -hmm. in terms of the campaign so that um, we don't leave anyone behind. We realize that black women are all ages, all background, religious, not religious, married, single, dating many people, abstinent, like so how do you talk about this in a way that reaches all of them and we try to make it an open, inclusive community where each one of those people can have a voice and we're mm-hmm. not going to say, no, you can't be on because right. mm-hmm. you're not having sex or you can't be on because you're having too much sex right. or whatever. <laughs> it's right. um, but accepting all of those realities, we all deserve to live healthy lives. From the Black AIDS epidemic, I was on there, the Black AIDS Institute, and right now it says that Black youth, so from 13 to 24... Mm-hmm. Um, are having 
are 50% of the new HIV cases. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a mother, <laughs> but if I was, would my toolkit, would I be able to utilize my toolkit with a teenager? In what way? I'm sorry. Um, to provide information to my... When you say toolkit, are you referring to the things sorry. that I talked about yes. earlier? Or the like, toolkit we're The toolkit you're Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes. This is stuff that's like human. It's okay. not like only over 21 okay. or whatever. It's like... <laughs> okay. I mean, if my daughter could understand what I'm saying, I could say it to her now. It's all yeah. true now. Okay. Um, but I definitely think even the act of doing that and having that conversation... Mm -hmm. um, it's like a weird thing. We get kind of freaked out about yes. talking about these kinds of things. But I think the younger you are, that someone establishes like and level sets for you like this is okay, mm -hmm. the less you're going to feel that way. Yeah. Whereas the longer you go feeling that way, the more difficult it's going to be to, to talk about unpack yeah. and actually do that. So um, I think it's really important for parents to address that issue. Um as a mom, I want to feel like I'm doing everything I can to um, make sure my daughter knows the critical information that could save her life and make her life amazing. And I, I want her to see it as such. Um, and I think maybe framing in that, in that way um, will help parents get through to young people a little bit more. Um, but... To be honest, I mean, there's a lot of things happening in the black community right yeah. now. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> so it's so intersectional. So like mm -hmm. the rates that are that you're referring to for you can't be attributed to just one thing. Yeah, of course right? not. Yeah. So um, that's why I think uh, you know, Upstoken is just like one right. campaign. But we need a lot of different things in the community to be able to make all the boats rise. Right. And um, this is just one of them. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that so that we're not too hard on ourselves. Like, we're dealing with a lot. Right. And how do we um, address things in a way that's honest and authentic um, and acknowledges where we are um, and not some fantasy. So... Great. Well, thanks okay. for having me. Yes. Really thanks fun. for coming. Thank you. Sorry it couldn't be a little longer.